1: welcome to the depth chart podcast my name is freddie maggard i'm joined as always by nick roush in louisville uh getting ready for his trip to athens georgia right now we have uh former uk fullback I always said one of the you know three best fullbacks ever to play at Kentucky, Andy Murray, Terry Samuels, John Connor. Uh, Andy's joining us from Northern Kentucky. Gentlemen, the Cats took care of business against LSU. Uh, dominant performance. Every way you dissect that, Kentucky out-coached, out-played, out-prepared, out-executed, out-everything to LSU. Uh, 42-21 win. Nick. What's your – I mean, we, we're, we can get into this in depth and get in the weeds a little bit. What's the overriding theme that you're taking away about Kentucky after it whipped up on LSU?
2: Hmm, one overriding thing. I think it's just the uh, – the not only the confidence that the offense built from it, but just the – it's not like, a, oh, we can win now. But there was a, there was an expectation to do that. Um, there really was. And and now you have a Kentucky team going up against a Georgia team where Georgia is not just some Goliath out there. They, they Kentucky believes they're on the same playing field. They just have to execute and they can win this football game. So I think really you're seeing a, a confident team that knows that they can play with the best of the best and beat good football teams soundly. Um, even though LSU might not be a good football team because they, they got dudes dropping like flies down in Baton Rouge, yeah,
1: yeah, they, they if they hadn't checked out before Kentucky and during the game, they LSU's definitely checked out now. So, uh, could be a long year for the Tigers. Could be a short year for Ed run. Andy, uh, what's your what's your biggest takeaway from Kentucky's win over LSU? I think um, Kentucky fans
3: and fans around the conference can take the word upset out of their vocabulary when referencing UK. I think that was a beatdown, and I think it's just been building. I mean, if you look at how we've played these SEC football games this year, we're winning the line of scrimmage, and Saturday night against LSU was a statement. I mean, I was blown away early at just how much more – physical. We were against NFL talent. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. They might've been playing at 80%. That's all the things we talked about last week with their locker room issues and all that kind of stuff, but it's still sec NFL talent. And we physically manhandled them. And I, I just think if anything, all the naysayers, all the press, everybody out there right now is going, wow, I, I, I think the cats might be for real. And, uh, statement game. You know, I think they finally had that SEC statement game, you know, where it wasn't a beatdown of Mississippi State or a beat beatdown of Andy. It was a beatdown of a national champion two years ago. So, it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got a whole different level of confidence now about our football program.
1: You know, I think the one thing that I take away and about the LSU wins was explosiveness. LSU had this future first-round choice, that one, this whatever. Kentucky's got some dudes, too, and it showed. Kentucky has pros on that too deep as well. But the explosive nature that Kentucky displayed against LSU, nine tackles for loss, four quarterback sacks from the defense, uh, a strip sack by DeAndre Square, showed, a, showed some explosiveness from a defense that had been extremely sound. Um, but not always explosive, but that makes sense. A lot of bend, but don't break. But nine tackles for loss, that's a lot. And four sacks, that, that's a whole lot for, for this Kentucky team that hadn't sacked the quarterback at a high level. And then you look at offense. Offensively, Chris Rodriguez Jr., 147 yards, nine yards of carry. Cavassier K- uh, smoked 12 carries, 104 yards, eight yards of carry. A lot of explosiveness in the run game. I thought Will Levis played his best game of the season. Um, you know, uh, he threw for 145 yards, which does not jump at the, out, uh, off the stat sheet. But he completed 82% of his passes. He was in complete control for four quarters. First game, Levis did not produce a turnover. And, and I think he was uh, especially efficient on the ground. 11 carries, 75 yards, a touchdown. I think what we saw against LSU is Will Levis finding himself. Uh, and and he is a quarterback that is physical by nature, which is rare, the more that he can get involved in the run game, get some contact, and and put that team on his shoulders like he did, the better Kentucky is. And uh, the second big thing we can get into uh, before Jay jumps on is I thought that Kentucky Kentucky significantly outcoached LSU. Head coaching-wise, I thought Stoops was by far the best head coach of the game. His team was prepared, motivated. He has established a culture, a personality within his program. LSU appeared to be a collection of individuals. Coach O looked, looked, looked a little lost at times on the sideline, and not, not to take a shot at him. I like him, but, but that's what it seemed like. And then you go to the coordinator battles that I like to highlight uh, Jake Peets, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator from LSU. I thought Brad White did an excellent job against him. Uh, LSU showed heavy tendencies when it ran the football. Had 87 to tight end, uh, probably 90% of the time when he was in the game, LSU was going to run. They were going to run away from Josh Paschal. And then I thought that Lee and Cohen absolutely schooled Devontae Jones. Uh, he was so creative. And a lot of pre-snap, motion shifts, personnel groups, everything that you can do, Andy, to, to divert eyes away from the fact that you're going to run the football down the throat. So – and then he dialed up some beautiful pass plays, the wheel route that Dink Rouse has been calling for, and Juton McClain uh, and others. Uh, Nick, I, I think Kentucky – the coaching and player development and strategic recruiting from Kentucky – also jumped out at me and how much superior it was to LSU.
2: I mean they had Justin Rig just running down the field with nobody by him, you know I mean yeah guys yeah. were wide open at times and it was on stuff that it made it made Levis's job easy you know it was that quarterback friendly offense that we talked about in the offseason. That's what Liam Cohen did scheming up this game. The the thing that I I, I don't know how much scheming dudes wide open you can do against this Georgia defense. But it's good to have that in the back of your mind—that proven concept that okay, this can work. Now I've just got to do it against much tighter coverage. That that's going to be the next step um, this weekend against a very man. They got some athletes on this Georgia defense, Freddie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into them in a minute, and it's hard not to uh, to be extremely impressed by what Georgia has done defensively. What was that?
3: I don't know. I'm listening. Siri's wearing me out here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Old man technology problems with Andy. I didn't even uh,
3: ask her anything.
1: Hey, Andy, a number that that, that uh, I thought was significant for Kentucky to sort of paint the picture of how explosive it was, 330 rush yards. Kentucky was only 29% on third down. So <laughs> not very good on third down, but still – goes for over 400 total, 330 rush. So early downs were successful against LSU. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the, the coaching job and, and how much uh, better Kentucky was in that area than LSU.
3: Well, you know, it's um, that, that's where I think uh, Cohen's experience in the NFL because um, we talked about it earlier in the year. The, the NFL is just such a different game. The SEC is the closest thing to the NFL. But you have to find small gaps in defenses in the NFL to exploit because everybody's at the same level in talent. You don't have any fall off anywhere. And I think that's where we're starting to see the value of Cohen because, you know, the fourth fourth down call on the first touchdown was NFL. I mean, they saw a tendency. They saw an opportunity to take advantage of a gap in that defense. And that was just a beautiful call and to be fourth down as well. And I, I just think you're going to see as, as as this engine gets rolling, and I think you'll see this offense perform well this weekend against a really good defense. I think you're just going to find, we are going to find those gaps in these defenses because of his NFL experience. And we're going to start exploiting stuff. And now that the quarterback He's getting more and more confident with every snap. And uh, I just hope they run him on the first play to get his dinged a little bit, just to get him fired up because the kid gets better as the game goes on now. Um, But I I think you just have to give all the credit to the the scheme and knowing that, you know, he's going to find opportunities in whatever defense we play. And uh, that is, that just is all that NFL experience and like I said it's the SEC's the closest thing to it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean I, I totally agree. Rodriguez was so open on the fourth down touchdown that I was looking for a flag. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, right. I, I mean I mean I, I thought they were going to call a pick.
2: Right. Yeah, right.
1: Something something but, yeah. but Rig was open as well. So <laughs> You know that, that was schemed up for more than one receiver, and that you know may, maybe the uh, yeah. maybe
3: the referees are not going to go. That everybody always thought the refs and the conference was always against us, but maybe they're actually starting to respect what we're doing. Um, I, could, I don't know if you could have called anything there, but it was a great play design, and there yeah. there was not a pick. But you know, there were times when people thought we were not getting calls because we were Kentucky. I think I think we've gained some respect across the board. Even from the, the referees to the other team's coaches to the athletic directors, I mean we're
1: we are here to stay, and and we're going to get better every year. We're joined now by Jay Dortch, uh, former outside linebacker, Paducah Tillman uh, player from way back in the day. Jay, what's your what's your biggest takeaway from Kentucky's win over LSU?
0: Um, I'd say the first thing, you know, I'd heard all week. Uh, and even before the Florida game, all the pundits talk about how Florida's roster is better and even LSU's roster is better. Um, and Rowan Harper went so far as to say that not only is the LSU and Florida's roster is better, but they have better coaches. And that for the LSU game. Whoa, whoa, that, whoa, that, whoa, that whoa. We're, hold on a sec. So at, at the LSU game, we're a better team is what Roman said, um, and I love Roman Harper, and I love having a defensive uh, bent on uh, SEC Nation. But I got to tell you, I-, I watched both those games, and we not only have a better team, we have better coaching, and we have a better roster, top to bottom. Uh, we all know, as we played, you know, I'd put our first team against anybody in the country, And we do pretty well. The one thing we haven't had until Stoops got here is depth. And we're going two and three men deep sometimes in our roster and not a lot of fall off. And I'm just telling you, top to bottom, better team, better roster, better coaches uh, last week for sure. And I look at maturity. You know, people talked about potential trap game. I mean, the maturity of that team to come in and show up and do what they did on Saturday was absolutely incredible. Um, And then physical, man. I mean, both sides of the ball, they just impose their will on the team that's in front of them. And it was just exciting to watch them show up. And and again, our offense isn't even at full tilt yet. And I'm not sure our defense is, as we've seen the best of it either. Uh, It's exciting. I mean, they just, it was amazing last week. It was fun to watch.
1: You're, I did not hear Harper say that because I don't watch that show. I don't watch yeah. the SEC Network and this Cole Kublik or Gene Chizik, or, and I like Stitchum Stinch, as well. But that's that's the reason I don't watch that. That is a lazy, unprepared comment saying that LSU's coaches were better than Kentucky's. That that that's that's why I don't watch that show. I mean. Nick, am I wrong to say that is pretty inaccurate?
2: Yeah, I mean, I try not to be too hard on the TV, guys. But, come on, that's that was dumb. I, Harper, Harper, Harper's not from Louisiana, though, is right? He's Alabama guy. He played guy. Alabama. He
0: played, yeah. played Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. I, the it weird part, like too, Coach
2: is he, he, he was going back and forth to, like, he told BBN tonight that Kentucky was winning, but then he went on SEC Nation and picked LSU. Like that dude, he's he's still trying to figure out how to do this whole TV thing. He he ain't quite got it down yet.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's just uh, that's an easy way to evaluate if you are not really uh, studied the two teams because I thought coaching was the aspect that can that Kentucky was. Uh, at a tremendous advantage over LSU. But anyway, it is what it is, and that's why I don't watch that show. Georgia Bulldogs, uh, 6-0, and number one ranked team in the country. Uh, Nick, you know, if only we had some dudes on this podcast that had beaten a highly ranked Georgia team, I yeah. think it would have been pretty good. But apparently we didn't exist, and that win didn't occur. So we'll give it our best shot. Jay Dortch, uh Kentucky in 1988 beat Georgia 16 to 10. Uh, I think the dogs were ranked, what, about 10th, 11th, something of that nature. Uh, it can happen, and it did happen uh, with, with you and Andy. Um, in a game that Alfred Rawls went for 128, defense held Georgia to 224 yards, and uh, just a tremendous performance in a one of the bigger wins of the Jerry Claiborne era. Uh, So, Andy and Jay, it can happen, and you two made it happen.
0: That was a fun day. That was on my birthday, man.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And I I think you're going to see a lot of similarities in that game Uh, then and this game this weekend. um, It's a classic, in my opinion, smash-mouth game. You know, uh, when we played them in 88, they had Hampton, Worley, and, and Henderson, and they just ran that power pitch. Not that they're going to do that on Saturday, but they're going to run right at Kentucky's defense um, yeah. and just play pretty much a bay. They will blitz a little bit, but it's going to be a great smash-mouth game, um, and I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I, I, I truly believe – uh, when, when we stepped on the field back then, we, we did believe we were going to beat them, and we did. Um, but I think this team um, has maybe even a stronger belief than we had back then. Uh, like I said, our first team played with anybody. Uh, but when we started falling off in the second, third team, we, we had a little bit of a fall off. This team's different.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think physically we matched up in 88 like we do now. Um and as Jay said, our depth, you know, we would always struggle late in games because, you know, we'd be gassed and running the football all the time and and, and playing against the run in that league then, you know, and, and Hampton and Worley were just nobody had guys like that. Nobody. And um I, I just think this this time around, I, I don't think this day oh, we lost Andy. A similar opportunity, yet. I think the
1: state. Oh, no. Oh, no. We lost. Amy, we might need uh, you to cause...
2: move around a little bit or something. Service is going in and out. But, you know, first I, I, round, I th- guys. Th- I think to uh, the the physicality point, though, Freddie, this is a, yeah. a, a very, like um, Kentucky. That that's the hardest hill to climb is to be able to match Georgia's physicality, and Kentucky has that. And to the point you made earlier this week, Georgia hasn't played a team like that that's going to match their physicality. Arkansas might try, but they don't. They don't got the Hogs don't got the dudes yet. They just don't. In year two of Sam Pittman, Kentucky's got the dudes to be able to play in the mud with Kirby Smart's Georgia team.
1: Well, the thing about it is, Nick, that history has a tendency to repeat itself. And I know I realize a large percentage of folks weren't born when could we beat Georgia in '88, and, and I get that. And I don't glory year anything, glory day anything. But the same thing was said about Kentucky and Georgia then that is said now. It's it's the most physical team, most physical game of the year is Kentucky and Georgia, and that that history has repeated itself uh, now. But but you're right. that The Georgia defense is great. It's fun to watch. 109 quarterback hurries is remarkable to me. I mean, you know, we thought Kentucky was doing a good job with 23 quarterback hurries. Georgia has 109. 109
2: uh, on 160 drop passes
1: yeah. <laughs> by opponents. That's and, crazy. And I like the fact, Nick, that, that you uh, you provided statistical context by saying Kentucky does have more tackles for loss than Georgia, Kentucky with 42, Georgia with 36, but the quarterback hurries is the number that jumps out. But this game is going to be won or lost on the at the line of scrimmage. Uh, both teams have incredibly physical offensive lines. Georgia's defensive line is is very very good. Uh, Kentucky's down a couple starters, so that's going to play, come into play. Uh, but that the linebacking core for Georgia also jumps at me.
0: There's four of
1: them that combine for ninety some t- ninety one tackles, eleven sacks. That's getting it done. Uh, the dogs won't do a lot of exotics. I mean, they don't have to really. And, and I think that uh, for Kentucky, I, I, Will Levis is going to have to have a repeat performance from LSU, and the Cats Jay cannot panic when it suffers negative yardage plays early in the game. It can't, can't go away, can't panic and, and abandon that run game. I mean, even though there's going to be times it's not going to go very far, still got to stick with that run game, in my opinion, to have a chance to win.
0: I, I totally agree with that. <clears throat> you know, and I think patience is going to be crucial and it's going to be tested for Cohen. Um, I'm sure that they're going to come up with an incredible game plan to attack it, but they're going to have to have a lot of patience with it. And of course we all know first down is the most crucial down that we're going to have on, on Saturday. And, and they're going to have to make sure they call plays that they don't get negative plays in. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have some three and outs. We all know that. I mean, their defense is great, but I will say this, you know, I don't know what Arkansas's offensive ranking is in the SEC. I, I got to believe our offense is better than their offense. I think that's the best offense they've faced, if I'm not mistaken. And and so I, I do believe we're going to move the ball on him, But I think patience for, patience for Levis. Rodriguez is going to be super patient because he's going to have those linebackers put their foot in the ground and go north-south about as good as anybody I've ever seen play college yeah. football. And, and he's going to have to be patient and wait for that right opportunity in that wide zone run. Um, so I think patience is going to be crucial for our offense.
1: You brought up a good point, Jay. Uh, and, and listen, I'm not disrespecting or taking away anything from that Georgia defense. It is one of the best that I've ever seen, and, and I'm just being completely honest. Nick, they give up five and a half points a game. That's first in the nation. 67 rush yards a game. That's fourth in the country. 137 passing yards, that's first in the country. And 203 total yards, which is first in the nation and SEC by over 100 yards. This defense is legit. Uh, but look, uh, you have to look – you have to bring in some context here if you're going to speak honestly about the Georgia defense. Listen to the, de- the offenses that they face. UAB is 96th in the country. South Carolina is 109th in the country. This is total offense. Clemson 117th and Vanderbilt 121st. So that's four opponents of the six that Georgia has faced that have ranked anywhere from 96 to 121st in the country. The best offense that Georgia has faced thus far is Arkansas, who's sixth in the SEC in total offense. So Andy, uh, yes, this Georgia defense is great, and, and I give them 100% credit. I thought I think Kirby's done a fantastic job. There's a lot of pros on that defense, but there's a lot of pros on the Kentucky offense. But this defense has been historically good. Yeah, I, I mean, every coach
3: in the league has talked about them. I mean, they are the monsters of the midway right now. But to your point, I don't think they have played a physical game. I think Clemson everybody got kind of wide out at Clemson because they thought Clemson was Clemson. Well, we found out Clemson is not Clemson. You know, Clemson is, is way off. Um, But I, I think uh, as Jay mentioned, first down is going to be huge. We can't get behind the chains, Um, put a little pressure on them, you know, not being third and long, that kind of stuff. And I, I think, I think if we can absorb that first quarter, you know, have some success on first down. I think it's going to be a great day.
2: Yeah. Nick, and, what, what's your take I, on the Georgia
1: defense?
2: The, the thing that that makes Georgia's defense difficult is that this isn't Florida where you can scheme up a bunch of stuff. You know, like you just got to beat them. <laughs> I mean, that, that for lack of a better term, you just got to win one-on-one matchups. And that's why Wondell Robinson and Will Levis just have to be difference makers. I, you know, there's there's really yeah. no other way to put it. Like, you just have to go out and be better than some of those guys. And UK hasn't always had those. Uh, Wondell is one of those guys. Levis with his legs. You know, you, you that's one thing they haven't faced in a run game. I know DJ Ugolele can technically run, but... Who gives a damn about your quarterback run if you can only if you can't run it with your running backs? I mean, they they haven't faced a dynamic rushing attack like this. And I think I think uh you can get I think Levis can really make some plays in open space and keep them off balance. And I just they aren't saying it explicitly, but everything that they said this week leads me to believe that Levis is getting at least 10 carries, you know, like he's he's going to be used. A good amount to to try to keep the chains rolling, um, because this is one of those games that you just got to get the first down. Where they're too high manned up on third and five, and just rushing four, just tuck it and get the five yards. Well, just get your nose down there, get the first down. I think I think we're going to have to have a lot of that to keep the chains moving against Georgia this weekend.
1: Uh, I, I, yes, the,
3: the other Go ahead, Andy. the other the other thing I I think that. We saw a flash of it with the McLean kid this weekend against LSU. That's all they talked about in the spring and early summer was how good he was out of the backfield. And nothing against Rodriguez and smoke, but they're not real dynamic catching the ball out of the backfield. That kid is. Quarterback hurries, what's going to stop quarterback hurries and help blitzes, short passing games, screens, flares out in the back out to the backs? I think you're going to see a new dimension within our offense with McLean getting some touches. But what's that also going to do? It's going to free up Wandale a little more because you've added another dynamic receiver. And I I could be way off on that, but I just know everything I read back in the spring and in early summer is this kid's pretty dang good with the ball in his hands, and he just got his first touches last weekend. So that just that's something Georgia hasn't seen. They're not le- looking at spring – articles and all the stuff that we hear. But I think that kid's going to be one of those kids that makes a little difference in this ball game.
1: Yeah, you know, all eyes are going to be on Kentucky, Georgia uh, this week. Uh, college game day with Herbie, I think. And you know, I'm really looking forward to see what Desmond Howard talks about his keys for Kentucky to win, because, because uh, I love his analysis of how he breaks down games. And I'm going to give you mine. <clears throat> for the Kentucky offense, I think Kentucky has got to hit the shots. Okay. There's not going to be a high number of offensive possessions because I think both of these teams are going to run the football and Georgia, and I'll go, I'll go a little bit further here. Georgia has already secured that number one ranking. So style points doesn't, won't, doesn't matter how Georgia wins anymore. It's just as long as it gets a, a W. So I think, I think Georgia's going to run the football a lot. I don't think there's going to be a lot of possession. So, when you have shots, you got to hit them. You know, I saw Auburn and Georgia, 34 10 win by the Dogs, should have been a whole heck of a lot closer. But Auburn dropped so many passes, and, and Bo Nix threw errant throws at opportune times that could have affected that game positively for, for Auburn. So, when shots occur, Levis has to hit them. And players have to make – or pass catchers have to make plays when the ball comes their way. So you got to hit the shots when they're available too. you got to hold down the havoc, and that's easier said than done. 109 quarterback hurries, 36 tackles, for loss, 22 sacks. Uh, those numbers are, are, are unbelievable, and Georgia delers, deserves a lot of credit from that. Uh, so I think you can't – you can't – you have to be – Kentucky has to be really strategic on first down. First down is going to be critical because if you expect to beat Georgia and you're living in third and six-plus, you're not going to do it. They're that dynamic on defense. So, uh, got, to, got to be successful on first down and stay away from the negative plays. Uh, you know, just can't have that. And, and don't abandon the run. Georgia's fourth in the nation 67 yards a game, and it's going to appear hard at times. But you know what? Kentucky has dudes as well. Eli Cox, Darren Kennard, both – Midseason All Americans. Luke is an all-SEC player. Rosenthal Horsey, a lot of experience there. This is going to be the offensive line, best offensive line that Georgia has seen yet. So I like I-, I like this Kentucky offensive line, and you just can't abandon that run. Nick, three things. What do you think? Uh uh, uh are the keys of the game for me offensively. Hit the shots, hold down the havoc, uh, be positive on first down and don't abandon the run.
2: The one that uh, jumps out to me the most is just not abandoning the run because this is a test that Liam Cohen has not, you know, undergone before. And there's there's going to come a moment where you're you have to have faith in your plan, you know. So that's that's what I you can't overthink some of these things. You got to have some patience, stick to the plan. Obviously, some things aren't going to work all of the time, but you you can't yeah. abandon it right away. And that's what's that's what I think is the biggest key to to winning this game is sticking to the plan that you know will work and uh, and and following through. It's going to be tough at times, but just don't don't panic. Be patient. Do not panic.
1: Andy, we've talked at length about this Georgia defense. Let's get into what the the Bulldogs do offensively. Um, Stetson Bennett the fourth has stepped in with with uh, with Daniels, JT Daniels being injured. I think he's done a tremendous job. Uh, He's labeled as a game manager, which I find is a compliment, not as an insult, Uh, where I think Bennett can really hurt Kentucky is on the ground. 16 rushes, 129 yards, a touchdown. He has really uh, found out a way to extend plays with his legs, and I think that's where he can hurt, hurt Kentucky. A couple really good tight ends. I know, Nick, you, you love the true freshman, yeah, Brock he's, Bowers. He's great. Darnell sure. Washington is back, coming back from injury. So, uh, but this Georgia offense is good, but it's in the bottom half of the SEC. Eighth, uh, ranked eighth in the, in the conference and total offense, 432 yards. Uh, averages 39 points. There are so many times that Georgia offense starts drives close to the 50 or beyond because of that defense. So, if Kentucky can get Georgia – Kentucky's defense can get Georgia into a fist fight, uh, a legal fist fight, and make, make the dog slug it out, I think it has a chance. And I'm going to give you my keys real quick. My first one is to annoy Bennett. Aggravate him in the pocket and have to have contain Kentucky missed contain a few times against Max Johnson. Got to contain him in the pocket. And get pressure on him when when uh, when it's applicable, but has to annoy Ben in the run and pass game. Uh, I think Georgia's going to run the football and really going to focus on Zamir White, James Cook, Kendall Milton, Andy McIntosh. All have over 100 yards season, so they can rotate in a fresh running back. Georgia's going to really try to uh, to grind this game out. And Nick, an extraordinary play, we we called it against Florida. I think this mm-hmm. Kentucky defense has to score on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I, the the big version of the Josh Pascoe play is probably more of the vein of a tackle for loss that results in a fumble, and you get ripped yeah. and picking it up and going the other way. Losing Octavius Oxendine really hurts. hurts. He was he Bad. was playing. I, I, I get shades of J.J. Weaver because he just like J.J. Ox was really coming to his own, really playing well and really feeling a position in need because teams have really been running at that spot this year. Uh, just like, all right, we're going to run away from Josh Paschal. It's the old art, still Josh Allen. Like we're just not going to yeah. run to their side of the line of scrimmage. And Trayvon Ripka has been good, but he's not as bulky. He hasn't really played that spot. Khalil Sanders is a true freshman and a you know, he was one of those guys that we, we hoped things, the light would turn on, but it really hasn't this year. So you need to find ways to not lose a ton on that side while also getting that big play from Josh Allen or Josh Paschal, excuse me, because you need to have some game wrecking type of plays in a big game like this.
1: Jay, I'm going to go back to history on this. Um, uh... Your your senior team beat the highly-ranked Georgia team. Uh, Vince Dooley went away from Oliver Barnett and came towards you. So you can speak to this. Is that what Georgia's going to do Saturday?
0: They certainly could. I I don't know that they're thinking that way. Um, I don't know they're showing uh, that much respect to our defense. Um, I, I think in their minds, they're going to be able to line up and beat us, uh, one-on-one and overpower us. Um, but it certainly could, they could go totally away from Pascal and, and, uh, just play him, uh, just take him out of the picture. But, you know, Chubb's not walking through there. DeAndre Swift's not walking through those doors. Worley and Hampton aren't walking through those doors. Uh, I, I trust uh, Anwar Stewart and Brad White yeah. to find ways to, to use their depth. And they're going to probably move some people around um, position wise. And you might see Josiah Hayes out there some, or um, uh, maybe Rodgers. I doubt it, but, but probably Josiah Hayes, maybe a little bit. Um, and the way we've been tackling space the last two weeks against athletes. And I know, I know Stetson's uh, a little faster than maybe you would think he is. Um, yeah. But I mean, Emory Jones scares me more than Stetson Bennett or, or Richardson. Yeah. Stetson and Bennett running the ball and the weapon tackling in space. I hope they try to run it down our throat. I really do. Um, and I hope we, we make Stetson Bennett beat us by throwing the ball because uh, I think it plays into to our hands if we can do that. If our if our front four uh, three or four can get a push like we've been getting, both on the run plays and the the uh, pass plays man, I, I, I just love our chances.
1: Nick, I don't know if you can tell, but there's, little, with you. There, there's little, uh, a little pep in the step with Jay and Andy this week, so I, I love it. Uh, Andy, I, I think Anwar Stewart has done a tremendous job. Uh, I think he's a fantastic football coach. Uh, but he has been dealt with some injuries with uh, McCall and Oxendine, who was SEC co-defensive lineman of the week, two tackles for loss, two sacks against LSU. That's just, you know, we hope they both come back uh, better than ever. But that's, that's a tough uh, personnel loss. But but MR Stewart is so good at developing those players at a high level. Trevon Ripka is a player that I really like. I like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, but, Andy, do you expect Georgia uh, to just line up like it did in 2018 when it wanted to take Josh Allen out of the equation, went to Tyson, and just ran straight at Kentucky?
3: Uh, I, I think they're going to do that out of a lack of respect for us, honestly. And um, getting back to Onward, Stewart, and the job he's done, I, I think he's got a little bit of um, John Schlarman's attitude as far as just he can get yeah. those kids excited and ready to play. He's a technician. You know, good technique uh, is, you know, the, the, a lot of these kids come in with poor technique coming out of high school because they dominate those games. I think we have guys that, that play the game well. They, they have good gap integrity and things like that, and that's all coaching. And, and he's got – whoever's going to be stepping up for these injuries is going to be ready to go. Now, will they get whipped a couple times? Yeah. Very much so because they're young guys. But it's not going to be out of preparation or, or knowing what to do or technique or anything like that. And their attitude is going to be right, you can guarantee. Because anytime I've listened to Coach Stewart talk, man, he's – He's just one of those guys kids are going to go to war for, and he's not going to let them know how big it is to him and all that. He's just going to let them know it's your turn, you know, and that's, that's the advantage. That, as far as Georgia and their offense coming at us, I mean, the key is going to be keep them behind the chains a little bit. Make, like Jay said, make them throw it. I think we can create some turnovers. I think our linebackers run so well that we can contain that tight end. Um, but, I mean, this defense is just solid. I don't think they're going to bully our defense. And I saw the line the other day. I think it got up to 23 points. I'm like, I don't think they score 24, honestly. I don't think they score. They're not going to score four touchdowns. If they score, they're going to get a defensive score, man. And that's the biggest concern I have. But I don't think those guys are going to rack up 35, 42 points, something like that. I just don't see it happening. Brad White, Fred, that, Fred, Brad, can, he'll take away
0: their best thing. Yeah, Freddie, you ahead. kind of alluded—you've kind of alluded to it. I was thinking all week. Um, you know, Georgia's offense is uh, their inadequacies are hidden by how good Georgia's defense has been and is. Um, yeah. I mean, they're 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 not an overpowering offense, and our our I mean. No man, I watch I, y'all. Watch them against Florida, our team. I mean, our defense literally just whipped their. You know what? Play in and play out. And I don't know. Are they still the you know the leading rusher, rushing in the country, Florida? I don't know. If they I don't are. know. I have to look. They were then. Yeah. They were then. I mean, um, I mean, they sure ran all over Alabama. Um, I don't know, man. I I just I feel like. Our, I'll take our defense over their offense any day of the week. Yeah, Jay Florida's
1: right now third third in the country at 273 rush yards per game. Uh, Nick, we've seen special teams uh, impact this uh, the Kentucky Georgia series over the years. I thought Kentucky played uh, has played back to back really good <laughs> strong special teams uh, uh, games against Florida and LSU uh, against LSU. A uh, good fellow, 45-plus yards per punt, two inside the 20. Uh, Ruffalo was six for six on PATs. And then Chance Poor was seven to seven, kicking the football into the end zone. So special teams are going to factor in this game, and Kentucky cannot have a third-phase error and expect to win an athletes
2: Yeah, and Georgia, they've shown already. I mean, that Arkansas game, they had a blocked punt. You know, they, they've had a couple yeah. of those already, so – can't have another Max Duffy just shank right into the bleachers. This is going to be yeah, one of those yeah. mud fight uh, field position battles. Can't have anything's go awry in special teams. And as much as I complain about the punt returners not catching stuff, it was one that Wandale played well, and the dude just dropped yeah. the punt. Like, right, it was one of the more impressive punts I've ever seen. It, it, sometimes – you can get mad at your returners for not going to catch the ball. Other times they play well and it's just a good freaking kick. You just got to give it to them.
1: Yeah. Let's Let's get into the coaching matchup since apparently I was extremely wrong about uh, UK and LSU when they matched up. So we'll go into Kentucky and Georgia. Uh, man, I, I think, I think both head coaches are fantastic and I think coordinators on each side of the ball are are all fantastic. So, uh, it's going to be a, a really good chess match to watch because you got some you got some excellent coordinators going against each other, and, and two head coaches that are that are <laughs> that are intense, if, if that's fair to say, and, and both uh, you know both are, are are highly motivated to win this football game. You know, I'll go back to what I said on Monday in the KSR football podcast because I was wrong. And when I'm wrong about something, I admit it, and I think I've proven that. Nick, when I said on, on the KSR Football Podcast that Kentucky has nothing to lose on Georgia, I was wrong. For me, that was a lazy, defeatist comment that I made because Kentucky does have something to lose at Georgia. The cast, Mark Stoops' team has a chance to win, the, uh, to, to, to go to 7-0, be on top of the SEC rankings and East, and continue a path towards the playoffs. But, yes, Kentucky does have a lot to lose on Saturday, and I was wrong for saying that on Monday.
2: You know, that's very big of you, Freddie. I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. So, not, not but, everybody know. will no, I, I,
3: think, I think I think from a coaching standpoint, I think Kirby Smart is going to have one of those weeks where I'm going to say they've had a bad practice. I'm going to say – He's had a hard time getting his kids' attention because we're Kentucky. You know, the players around this league are just like the media. They're hard to convince these kids that Kentucky's going to come in there and punch them in the mouth. And hopefully we can have a a, a fast start. The other thing is, I mean, Smart sat around and waited for a cherry job. He got Georgia. Stoops jumped on the grenade, man. Stoops has got more skin in the game. And Kirby does, and I think it's starting to show how hard he's worked, how he's built his depth, how he's developed players, and going in there as a 23-point dog, I wouldn't want to be Kirby Smart. I just yeah. I think Kirby Smart's got the gun at his head this weekend, and it's going to. If the game is tight going into the second half, you're going to see, you're going to see that develop.
1: <clears throat> Nick, Andy brings up a great point in my next topic of conversation. Georgia has had to play competitive football for four quarters once this season, and that was in a 10-3 win over a bag Clemson team. So that is something to look at in this game. Also, this is the first week Georgia's been the number one ranked team in the country. That can change teams. I'm not saying it will with Georgia because I'm not familiar enough with the situation, but those two factors – Could come into play, yes or no, on Saturday.
2: Yes. Playing a close game. They have not – well, I I don't think that it will completely rattle them by any means because, you know, Stetson Bennett, even if he is a backup, he's played quite a bit of games. I don't think there's going to be a moment that's going to be too big for him. But I do think that, I mean, hell, half their skill players have hurt. You know, yeah. it's tight ends and running backs right now. And a guy named Lad McConkie. Okay. It, it, am I really that scared of a guy named Lad McConkey? Hell no. So I, I think that <laughs> can play a factor, but ultimately the, the, you've got to put the onus on Kentucky to pressure them, to put them in that spot, to make them feel uncomfortable. You need that confident Will Levis out there, not afraid to make throws in tight windows. Because if if, if I, I think what would scare them more, Freddie what would get them more on their heels, is if Kentucky really is walking around with some swagger like they were against LSU. Because that's something they haven't seen. When they played in that close game with Clemson, they knew they were the better team. They couldn't move the ball at all, but DJU's head was spinning. He was seeing deer in headlights the whole night. He was seeing ghosts. He was terrified. If you got Kentucky confident, then then I could see maybe putting Georgia on their heels a little bit um, and if you can just suck some of that air out of that stadium, mitigate that, I think it can, it can certainly uh, help you creep closer and closer to pulling off what some believe is the impossible.
1: Yeah, I mean, you push this thing in the fourth quarter, put more pressure on Georgia. Uh, it it could be a fun a fun afternoon on CBS, <laughs> 3.30, the, the valued time slot. Uh, you know, Danielson on the call. So, yeah, it's, it's a big game for both. All right, Nick, your favorite time of the podcast, Texas A&M minus 10 at Missouri. The Aggies coming off a big win over Alabama, Missouri couldn't stop me, you, Andy, and Jay. If we ran up football, at them, who you got Texas A&M minus 10 at Missouri.
2: No, oh, this is the, uh, let after beating number one, you got to get the points, right? Like, Texas A&M, I'm not buying your stock. You got your big win. You're going to sleepwalk through this one and run the ball and come away with like a seven-point win.
1: Jay, who you got?
0: I got A&M. I think they cover. I think they show up. I think uh, last week they gained a lot. You know, preseason, what were they, sixth or seventh or something? I was um, up there. For some reason, for some reason they've, they've had an issue – starting but i i do i think they show up and and uh i'll take a&m give the points
1: Andy, will a&m attempt one pass in this game and <laughs> will it cover the 10 points <laughs> they'll they'll cover but missouri
3: will give them a fight you know that that guy's a decent football coach over there it's a home game and as we've seen home field in this league is huge yeah. i mean it it really is i mean that, that's the One caveat right now that Georgia, you know, they got the home field on us. and But it's – I think Texas A&M goes in and gets it done, but I don't think it's going to be a a whitewash by any means. Yeah.
1: Nick Roush, I got got a game that you're really going to enjoy to watch uh, because of two uh, just dynamic offenses going at each other. Vanderbilt is getting 20 points at South Carolina.
2: Oh, my Question God. Question is, will there <laughs> be
1: 20, 20 points scored combined? And who you got? Oh, man. <laughs> this man, is, that... is going to be an offensive game and not not the football term.
2: Gosh. I...
1: Two of the worst offenses in college football, by the way. So,
2: yeah. I Man, whatever the under is, it's not low enough. Because I'm really thinking that 20 <laughs> might do it, you know? <laughs> um uh, they'll probably end up it'll probably be something like 27 to three and they'll get right at 30 points man what a they, they gotta put that like they can't show that on during the day right you can't let children see this this has got to be 11 o'clock on HBO or something
1: the over under set at 50 point 50 and a half points oh man oh I
2: boy. Got to, yeah I got it wow Ooh, let's hop on that under
1: trade <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, man.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, it's dropped to 18-and-a-half. Andy Murray, you got Vanderbilt uh, is 18-and-a-half. An it, it's going to gonna be – that uh, South Carolina.
3: It'll be Beamer's coming out party. He'll he'll get to feel-good for a week. They'll they'll pound those guys. Vanderbilt is god-awful. They are god-awful. So, I mean, South Carolina's not – and they've had some good games, out, out, but there's no way they let Vanderbilt stay in that game. Vanderbilt's pathetic.
1: Jay, Jay can, but they take can South the under, Carolina take score 18 and a half points against Air? Yeah. Jay, yeah, can, can South Carolina score 18 and a half points versus Air?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, South Carolina covers.
1: Wow. We <clears throat> got an absolutely from Jay Dorch. Here, here's what you'll never hear me say again, 0.0. 0. I've said that twice. I've given <laughs> two teams a 0.0, 0 chance to win. Chattanooga against Kentucky, who they almost did, and A and M versus Alabama. So that will never, uh, you know, again lazy and unprepared comments by me, and will never happen again. And I apologize for that. So Texas A and M, Chattanooga. I apologize. So all right, Nick Roush. Here, here. Sorry,
2: I'm I'm going to tell you another under that I think I might do just to be a contrarian, but it's probably a, a fool's errand. Is this this Tennessee Ole Miss game that I think you were getting ready to bring up? Because, right, like, right. You, you've seen Josh Heupel score a bunch of points lately. You think, oh, Tennessee, they're actually good. But Tennessee score like, Heupel's really good at scoring a lot of points against really bad teams. And yeah. Ole Miss, they could play ball. It, uh, the total actually opened at 85 and a half. 82 points over or under, and I don't – I mean, that's a 42-40 Where, game. Where's the game? It's in Knoxville. Where's the game? It's
0: no, Wayne Kiffin's
2: well. homecoming. So, it's going to be rowdy. Oh, man. Two what? and a half point favorites for Ole Miss. I st- like, Ole Miss has got to cover that, right? Like, is uh, not good.
1: I, I think I think Josh Heifel has done a fantastic job in Knoxville. Uh, has that team believing they can win when, you know, personnel-wise had a lot of defections due to uh, the transfer portal. But, but, yeah, I said that earlier this week, Nick. I think I Huppel, think UCF, and at Tennessee beating teams that it should beat badly, which is a sign of a good football team, taking nothing away from Tennessee. Uh, but I think Ole Miss is a little too much there. Uh, Alabama is a 20-and-a-half point favorite at Mississippi State, the air raid. Uh, the tie coming off a uh, surprise loss at AM, which I gave him a 0.0 chance to win. I apologize to the Aggies for that. Jay Dorch, will the tie cover 20 and a half points uh, against the air raid and Mike Leach in Starkville?
0: 20 and a half? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they cover. I think, uh, I think last week got their attention. Bryce Young, he's, he's the real deal. Uh, they, they got some weapons emerging. They uh, overconfident last week, just thought they could roll their helmets out and win, and obviously didn't. Uh, Tide covers.
1: Andy Murray, Alabama, 20-and-a-half point favorite, at Mississippi State. Who you got?
3: I think Saban will just absolutely curb curbstomp. I just think Mike Leach is one of those guys that drives Saban crazy because he's such a wing nut. And I think he's just going to go prove to everybody in the world that the guy's a wingnut and just absolutely obliterate those guys. Nick and Saban's going to get well this week because he got pissed last week.
1: You no got
2: Nick. Uh, I'm staying away from Mississippi State. I just don't. I never know what the hell they're going to do from a week to week basis. So um, that's that's my advice. Don't bet Mississippi State. You know
1: that's a good one because Alabama is going to be. Uh, You know, coming off a loss, I don't know the numbers, but I'd say Alabama's pretty good. Yeah, Uh, I doubt they've lost too many games in a row. Saban's
3: going to get them back in the conversation. He's going to get it back in the conversation this weekend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I will say this about Mississippi State. Uh, Mike Cleach has brought a unique offense to startable. Um, It's not really taken off, but it's a tough conference for that to, to happen in. I love Mississippi State's defense. I think that that is as badly as this is going to hurt the air raid fanatics out there. LSU, the only, I mean, Mississippi State, the only reason they've been competitive uh, to the point that it has is because of the defense. Mississippi State, Nick Roush, has allowed two rushing touchdowns for the season. So, that's pretty daggone good.
2: hmm Yeah, yeah. That, that game here in a few weeks, we're not counting games beforehand, but yeah, don't like it. Don't don't like that yeah. place called Starkville.
1: All right, the second biggest game of the week, and uh, football game of the week, Kentucky is a 23-and-a-half-point a underdog at Georgia. Nick, who you got?
2: Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. 23-and-a-half? Like, it's way too many points. I mean, I think the worst margin of defeat in the last – Three years wouldn't even cover that, right? I mean, Kentucky only lost 21 to nothing in 2019. So this Georgia team Kirby likes to play in the mud, he likes to make it ugly, win ugly. This game, it's going to be a physical slobber knocker. Georgia's no Kentucky's covering 23 and a half points. If not winning outright by God, cats, cats, cats.
0: Jay, who you got? Oh, You know, I said it last week. I I forget this is Levis's seventh start at this level, and I think he needed last week. I think for the first time, if I'm not mistaken, he made several of the right reads and pulled the ball and ran the ball. Uh, Earlier games, he either hesitated and didn't pull it fast enough or he didn't pull it all. He went ahead and gave it. I think it frees him up a ton uh, going into this week. Uh, I think Levis, you're going to see him make a lot of first downs or big plays with his feet. Um, I think we cover for sure. Um, and I, I think we got a great chance of winning. I think our defense is going to show up and show out. Um, and you're going to see Pascal and, and our linebackers are going to uh, – you know, our young guys on the defensive line that are, that are having to step up, they're going to play well enough that our, our linebackers are going to run free and we're gonna, we're going to shut their offense down.
1: Andy, yeah,
3: I, I think it's it's going to come down to first downs. You know, I think I don't know what a real solid number there would be, but I think we're going to run the football, eat clock, first downs. We're going to simplify things for Levis, take care of it, take advantage of his athleticism, uh, take the opportunities when they present themselves. But I listened to Liam Cohen's interview after practice from yesterday or whatever day it was. And I think the light has gone on with that guy. And he knows his offense is pretty sophisticated. And I think he has dumbed it down a little bit. And you're seeing the results of that. So he knows we can athletically play with those guys. And he's not going to try to do a bunch of trickery and all that kind of stuff. He's going to stay within what we do well and use our athletes. I think the cats. I think the cats get it done. I really do. I, I I think they have as good a shot of going down there and beating them as they've had in the last hundred years. There's no doubt in my mind. Just Georgia don't give Lyon. it to them. Why like I say it every week: don't give it to them. Make Georgia, them beat us.
1: Georgia's if you Lyon's make them beat 80%. us, they can't
3: beat us. They they have to beat us. They, we can't beat we can't beat
1: Kentucky. We have to Georgia, make them beat us. <clears throat> Georgia giving up 28 percent on third down. I think first downs are are critical for Kentucky not to get. You know, can't live in that third and six-plus scenario. Uh, you know, you're basically saying Georgia is a touchdown better than what Kentucky allows on the weekly basis, which is right around 17 points a game defensively. So that, that's a stretch, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, you know, before we get into the, the biggest football game of the week, I cannot believe that you three – have not thrown it in my face how wrong I was. Apollo,
0: let's go. <laughs> come on, baby. <laughs> well, hey, the road I dogs.
1: About, I was wrong about road that. Road
3: white, baby. Hey, just like the cats this week.
1: That's right. Road come white. On. And uh, I, I was wrong about Kentucky offense last week. So, uh, you know, I, I was going by the numbers and, and wasn't – and was a little bit down on, on the Kentucky offense, and they just came out – said, uh, okay, that, that was a dumb comment by you and, and just rolled up 400-something yards, 330 on the ground. So I'm very happy that you you three have not made fun of me for that. Uh, the the most important game of the week, Nick Rouse, the best football game of the week. Taylor County Cardinals are at the Glasgow Scotties in a, in a top-five 3A matchup that features two of the best run offenses in 3A. Rain is in the forecast. So, like you, like you know, you, you enjoy, say, play in the mud. This, this game could be played in the mud. Nick Rouse, Taylor County Cardinals, or the Glasgow Scotties at home. Who you got?
2: I, I know a lot of Glasgow Scotties. Big fan of Barron County, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopping on the Hayes Johnson bandwagon. That dude's a Hoss Cat. He's going to be blowing guys up, creating holes all day. And Taylor County's gonna come away with the win.
1: Yeah, you all three of you were right last week with Apollo. The road team went to Henderson County with the win. I was wrong again. Uh Jay Doris, Taylor County, traveling to Glasgow.
0: Who you got? I'm going to Glasgow, man. I dated her from there one time and she was pretty cool. <laughs> had a lot of good, they had a lot of good country boys down there. So I'm going to Glasgow. Andy. I'm going Glasgow
3: simply because I can't pick a Cardinal to beat anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just getting ready for Thanksgiving weekend, so we go down there and pound their ass. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not picking Cardinals. I don't
1: care how good they are.
3: Glasgow all the way, baby. I'm (laughs)
1: going to go with with Glasgow because of the name Scotties. I think that's unique and pretty cool. I mean, Kentucky's had – Kentucky high school has some really neat uh, nicknames. You know, Jay and Andy came. You know, both really neat nicknames at the high schools. Well, Jay, the Blue Tornadoes.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, Blue Tornadoes.
1: And Andy with the Trinity Shamrocks. You got the Corbin Redhounds. You got Somerset Briar Jumpers. All kinds of, of cool nicknames. I'm going with the Scotties because apparently a Scottie is a dog. Is that right, Nick?
2: Yeah. Uh, yes, it's a little little dog.
1: Okay, Glasgow. Yeah, I'm going Glasgow. Looking forward to it. Jim, uh, parting shots. Kentucky versus Georgia. Nick Rouse.
2: Big time players make big time plays in big time games. That's what Kentucky needs Saturday. Play clean. Be opportunistic. It's it's going to be tough, but if you're patient throughout. Take advantage of those moments. It's come down to three or four or five plays the last few years. They've all gone Georgia's way. Now it's time for those plays to go Kentucky's way. Let's go cats.
1: Andy.
2: You know, I think it's
3: uh, ball control. I know their offense isn't very good, but I just, we can't make enough first down Saturday and we got to stay out of third and middle third and long. Um, But I, you know, I think, uh, I just, I just love the Cats in this situation. I, they've played Georgia tough the last couple of years. These kids know that. These kids weren't ready for it a couple of years ago when it, when we had this similar opportunity. And this game is like the Florida game. Stoops has had it circled, and they've been building to this moment. They knew in the spring they were going to play Georgia for the SEC East. And they've been building for it. They're ready for it. I think I don't think you'll see Stoops in all. Uh, you're definitely not going to see Morrow and all. He's already chatting, chatting about it. But I just think these kids are ready for the moment. And I think we have enough talent to be down there. I don't, I don't think it's a stretch or an upset if we go in there and beat them. I think we have the talent to
0: do it. Jay Dorch. You know, we're senior led. Uh, this team truly believes not only in themselves as a team, but they believe in this coaching staff. Uh, defensively, they trust what Liam Cohen's doing, and and Brad White, man, they, they got his back. And I think we're gonna see an offense that has those six-minute, eight eight-minute drives. Much I have confidence that our defensive line is gonna get the push that they've been getting. I think it's all gonna come down to our second-level play on defense, and if they do what they've been doing with this, they're tackling in space, and Corker and Robinson continue just to play extremely well in Valentine. You saw Quadre Mosley starting to step up, make a lot of plays. I mean, this this secondary and this second level defense is good, uh, but they got to play. They got to play really well on Saturday. And I think they will.
1: A lot of Kentucky players from the state of Georgia: Trevor Wallace from uh, Jessup, uh, Yusuf Corker, Chris Rodriguez Jr. A lot of players, Quadri Mosley, uh, you know, a lot of players from the state of Georgia. Here's here's the deal: Kentucky's not scared of Georgia. There's there's zero intimidation factor uh, about. And, and and but listen, Kentucky respects Georgia because it's the number one team in America and, and real recognizes real. But you know, Kentucky has got dudes on that too deep as well. Uh, I think I think Vince Merrill has circled this game. Anwar Stewart has. Uh, you know, I think we're, you're going to see the, the, just his impact on the development of those young defensive linemen. And a Kentucky win would significantly impact Ammar Stewart's ability to go into Atlanta and recruit. So, uh, so much on the line for Kentucky in this one. And, and, you know, we're in uncharted territories. But I can say this, that, that building over there is mad. It's been mad all week, and it's going to stay mad until kickoff. Uh, this is a perfect situation for Kentucky to be in, an underdog, a significant underdog, and, and a hurdle and a door that Kentucky's not kicked in yet. Uh, and I think you—I think if Kentucky can push this thing deep into the fourth quarter, it's going to be a lot of fun in Athens, Nick Roush.
2: Hell, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait to get down to
1: Athens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we just, guys we, I just, appreciate- we just
3: can't we can't lose the game early, man. Don't don't let those guys get that crowd into it. That's why yeah. I think first downs are huge. That first down making first downs and moving chains will shut that crowd up. And it, you know, yeah. don't get in third and long. Liam Cohn will have a great game plan. When he started talking simplify. He sees something in that defense that he can exploit, and he's going to keep it simple, but he's going to take advantage of some opportunities they're going to give us.
1: Yeah, should be a fun one. Uh, college game days there. ASR pregame show is in Athens. A uh, lot of attention. It's going to be fun. So go Cats, go Krogering, and uh, go Glasgow Scotties. I'm going to win this week.
3: Beat the Cards. you
1: guys. You're, You're <laughs> new, Freddie. I'm good. that's right <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening Hope you like See it, you guys. subscribe to it and, you guys. Uh, Thank you all And Nick, thank you for hosting I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast Like us, subscribe us, and listen back next week